today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at Roth consulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Jeff Betts from Landmark Insurance. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Thank you, Mike, for having me on the show. Good. Let's roll through a couple of things here before we get started. Let's uh, tell everyone about some of the shows that are coming up. We have... Next Thursday, Handyman Service out of Columbus, Ohio. We have Michael Deku. He's going to be telling us about home repair. And then on Friday, we're going to have Rob Jutsty, as he calls himself, a reformed lawyer. He's, he owns a series of books called Senior Impact, which provides uh, lists of services for senior citizens. And in future weeks, we'll have Ryan Walker from Differential, and Steve Bueller from Kemba Federal Credit Union, and uh, then we're going to have the owner of Harmony Hill Winery, Bill Skyvra, Skyvra. So we we got a good good uh, show lineup coming up. Uh, let's see, special Sandler events coming up. We have the Sandler Foundation starting on September 11th, and then we have on September 25th our cold call camp. For those of you who have to make cold calls, want to touch 100% of the desirable opportunities, that program is available. If you want further details on either one of those, or both, contact uh, me or Carmen at 513-753-9400. Carmen's on extension 106. Oh, yes. Going back to October, on October 16th at the Clovernook Country Club, we're going to have our second program in the business builder series called the seven deadly sins of sales uh that's a great program it runs from 11:30 to 1 p.m out at clovernick on october wednesday october 16th uh you'll need to call carmen here at the office uh to make a reservation it's uh, 25 dollars a head okay jeff betts uh, if I make a mistake in telling everyone about you, Jeff, correct me, okay? No problem. Uh, Jeff Betts is president of Landmark Insurance Agency, and Jeff has a designation of AU, which means? Associate Degree in Underwriting. Associate Degree in Underwriting. There are so many degrees in insurance that I always ask people to explain what they are. Uh, he has over 30 years of experience in the insurance industry, Jeff brings both national and local experience to underwriting, agency management, and to sales at uh, Landmark. He has both insur- he's, he has both insurance company experience as well as owning his own agency for 15 years. Uh, which insurance company did you work for, Jeff? Great American Insurance and, at the time, Midwestern Indemnity Insurance. Okay. 
Uh, Jeff has managed commercial accounts ranging from national manufacturers and restaurant chains to local hardware chains, contractors of all sizes, and wholesalers. Jeff handles all lines of insurance. That means all types. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, they like to say, if the work is in... If, if the, the word, word... Word. Oh. If the word is insurance, they do it. <laughs> Pretty much. If the... Uh, if the word insurance is in it, we do it. Okay. We'll, we'll uh, fix that. <laughs> uh, Jeff spends much of his time dealing with insurance carriers in support of their clients handling claims issues. They support in helping their clients navigate the insurance world as a business partner. I think that's an, an interesting uh, point of view, that you as the agent are a partner of the client. I think that's one of the things that we have concentrated on throughout the years and, and in starting Landmark is that we felt there was a better way to partner with the clients and we felt that the insurance industry was too much about, quote, selling insurance and we wanted to create an environment to help the clients understand what insurance was about and educate the clients and it makes them a much more informed um person in the in the purchasing of it and really insurance is not much different than you know buying a car you have all the options available and how much are they and if it's free I'll take it and if it's a dollar maybe I won't and we, we really want to just try to help people understand what the insurance options are and, and and do it in a in a professional manner and partner with them in purchasing insurance a lot of people get confused in insurance because they're uh, captive agents who work only for one company and your agency works with how many different insurance companies well the reality is we we probably have access to over 50 different insurance companies um, as an independent agent versus as a captive agent, we have access to really 10 flow companies that we deal with who are the main carriers that you're used to hearing, a, a Travelers, a Westfield, a Cincinnati Insurance, a Chubb, uh, a Liberty Mutual versus a Nationwide and Allstate who really those those direct captive writers do not have access, do not have an advocate for the client. So if the client has an issue, he's dealing with the insurance carrier directly and doesn't have someone in between them to help them. And that's really where the independent agent does advocate helping the client get through any type of claim issues that they might have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we had a, a problem many years ago. I was with a uh, farmer's uh, agent. And I had a sales training center. And everything went along fine for the first five years. We didn't have any claims or anything. And I get this letter in the mail one day from Farmers Insurance stating that they were canceling my policy. And this was my, uh, I guess, 90-day letter because tra sales training centers were dangerous locations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I thought for a minute, well, you know, we have people sitting in chairs, usually one person up at the front of the room, sometimes three. Mm. We usually don't throw knives. <laughs> <laughs> we have koosh balls, not hard balls, that we throw around. That couldn't have been it. Then I then I figured out exactly what it must have been. And what was that? Once a year, I give salespeople scissors to cut pictures of what they want to earn out of magazines. 
you probably should have kept that fact from the insurance company when they were interviewing you. <laughs> uh, I don't think we ever told them that. But they might have figured that out. Sandler has these cut and paste boards. The salespeople are giving scissors. Right. And that 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 that, that killed us. And the farmers agent couldn't actually find us a competitive price on business insurance. And so I told that to my uh, agent with my homeowners and car policy. And he says, hey, we can do that too. I said, good, bring me a price. I need a, I need a quote in 58 days. <laughs> I mean, the, the good thing about being an independent agent is that when you do have that problem or if you are upset with any kind of service that you're getting, we can we can help you remarket that account. If you're you know with State Farm, State Farm doesn't have any other option other than State Farm. So you have to navigate through. You have to find someone else that can do all that for you. And the funny part, mm-hmm. the the guys who had my car and my uh, my house, they offered me a lower price for the business insurance that I had gotten from farmers in the first place. Had you read the fine print, though, they probably had an exclusion in there for the use of scissors. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I didn't tell Sutton about the scissors, and I hope he's not listening. Why don't you tell our listeners, Jeff, a little bit more about Landmark Insurance? How did it come into being? Is it 15 years old? It is. We started uh, in 1998. I did have a business partner who I've recently purchased out of it. He was a silent partner when it was kind of the money behind it. I started it with a person by the name of Maureen Boeing, who unfortunately couldn't make the show today. But Maureen and I just felt that there was a a lack of um, education for clients in the insurance world, and and we just felt that we could bring help and understanding to the insurance public in helping them purchase it. And, you know, we had a a great beginning. We had, in 2008, at our 10th year anniversary, we became one of the top 25 agencies in the city. And we have a great client base, and we really do partner with our clients, so our retention is very, very good. So Maureen has been with you for the whole time? She has, uh, and and actually Maureen even was with me prior to that. And when we started Landmark, I brought her with me, and we started it together. Currently, we have about 17 employees, and we're located right around the corner from you. Yeah, good. So you had a hard time getting over here. The construction in Eastgate wasn't bothering you. It was not a problem. Yeah, we had people in late this morning because of the construction and accidents out there. We started with commercial insurance. That was really our focus on mm-hmm. the commercial. And then we, you know, we started getting a lot of people asking us questions about, can you do our personal insurance as well? And so we started doing personal insurance as well. And then we navigated to life and long-term care and eventually got into health benefits. And so we do health benefits as well. Good. Jeff has agreed to take callers and we'll Screen those calls during our commercial breaks. The call-in number today is, as always, 646-595-4916. Jeff, why don't you tell us how you go to market? How do you find new clients? Well, <laughs> that's the age-old question is uh, how do you get new clients and Early on, we did a lot of cold calling. We did a lot of picking up the phone and and just talking with people. Today, we do probably more networking. We don't do as many cold calling. We do hire some marketing firms to do telemarketing for us. So we feel that, you know, we spend a lot of time with our current clients and helping them, and it's always good to have someone out there always marketing for you. We do networking. Um, We don't do a lot of Internet sales. We really... 
we really try to stay away from you know the true internet sale because we don't really have a relationship and our business is built on relationship. We do a lot of our business through referrals now and we're fortunate enough to be long enough in existence in Cincinnati that our name is out there and we get a lot of of calls from our referrals. Mm-hmm. And that that's pretty much our mainstay. So do you have salespeople? We do have salespeople. We have six sales staff. Of the six, we have two that are soon to retire. And, you know, we probably will be looking at bringing on some new salespeople. And the other ones have been with us for four or five years. Good. Let's take a commercial break here. Again, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to Jimmy Fox talk about the tip club which is something that uh, we sponsor here in Cincinnati. The next tip club meeting is September 19th. Jimmy, take it away. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth and Jeff Betts. So, Jeff, in the marketplace, we see a lot of uncertainty around insurance. What do you think the uh, opportunities and possibilities are in the in the world of insurance? Well, the great thing about insurance is that everyone needs it. It really, uh, from an economic standpoint, is one of the things that. You can't do anything without insurance. You can't build buildings. Um, you can't have a construction company. You won't buy a house. So the insurance is... Speaking of that for a second, do you do those sure. bond-type insurances? We do. Oh, okay. Because the word insurance is in it, we do it. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, bonds doesn't have the word insurance in it, does it? Bond insurance. Oh, bond insurance. Okay. <laughs> we, we had a guest on the show, uh, one of the, the faster-growing small construction companies, and he said his biggest problem in growth was getting his bonds uh, raised so he could bid bigger projects. 
part of the problem in the in the bonding market is it's really tied to the economy and tied to financials. Uh, it is really not insurance. It is a financial guarantee. The insurance companies underwrite bonding to a 0% loss ratio. They never expect to pay a bonding claim. If the contractor defaults, they're going to go after them personally. They're going to go after their company. Um, it is a financial guarantee. It's really no different than getting a loan from a bank. So a lot of people confuse performance bonds with insurance, and it really is not. Um, so when you have a contractor who's typically doing, you know, half a million dollar jobs and he's staffed to do a half a million and all of a sudden there's a three million dollar contract, it makes the bonding company a little bit on the nervous side. Um, you know, so there are some things to consider their work in progress, how much they have in progress that they're working on, uh, you know, how, how into their bonding line they are with the uh, bank, their line of credit with the bank. So there are a lot of factors to look into it, but it definitely is driven by the economy. And when the economy is down, they fear more claims, so they're more conservative. So they give out fewer dollars of That's coverage. Correct. So they'll they'll they hold back the, college, the coverage Not, they give out. It isn't so much about a pricing thing. You know, the the bonding costs really are built into the job. So to to the contractor, as long as it's reasonable, it really is not a factor. It's more of a function of, of risk. And, you know, do we want to risk $3 million for a contractor whose largest job was $500,000? And is he worthy of taking on that risk? And is he financially strong enough that if he defaults on that job, can we get the money back from him if he defaults on it? Uh, and, you know, through the market when everything was falling apart, you can imagine the type of bonding limits that were used in the Kenwood project. When that project went bankrupt, mm -hmm. all those bonding companies were called in to save that project. And where are they going to go to get the money? Because all the contractors had lost so much money. They had not been paid for the work that they had done. And it was it was just a horrible situation. Uh, but it was a reflection, really, of the market and, uh, and the economy as it stood. Mm. So were the uh, the bonds actually paid in that Kenwood project? Uh, I'm sure that a lot of the bonding companies got hurt very bad in that project um, in trying to make everybody whole that hadn't been paid from the general contractors who, you know, ultimately were responsible for making sure that job got done. Mm. Okay. Uh, what are the obstacles you see to growth in, in your industry? I mean, the economy definitely plays a role in, in the growth in so, you know, since 2008, when the financial crisis took place, we have seen, you know, less people to insure, which obviously impacts the insurance agents. Mm -hmm. we're, we're paid on a per belly button on the healthcare side of things. Sales go down, commissions go down, premiums go down. So the biggest challenge that we have is just through attrition. We typically plan on between 10 to 12 percent attrition in our industry. Mm -hmm. So just to stay flat, you've got to grow 10 to 12 percent. So the the growth right now is tied to either acquisitions um, because organic growth is just very difficult. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions in our industry. Um, you know, the challenge is just continuing to grow and continuing to find new clients and, and grow your business. And, you know, everybody has an insurance agent now. It's You don't find many people that are new looking for insurance. They have an insurance agent. They have a relationship. They have a comfort level. And the, the challenge really is unseating that agent and driving that V or that wedge 
between the agent and, and really just getting the opportunity to do it. Well, that's what that's what we teach our people, and you know, from a philosophy perspective, I've always felt that it's uh, less expensive to have a well-trained killer set of salespeople to win the business than buy someone else's book of business with all the problems that are in that book. There's no doubt, and, and while you can you know tie whoever you purchase to you, you can't tie that client to you, and that client you know has the ability to go anywhere, um, and that is the difficulty in it. So just happened to me with the ICPA. He he merged his book of business in with another guy uh, who I never met. Uh, didn't tell me he was doing it except via a letter, mm-hmm. and the new guy sent me some form to fill out. And some release he wanted me to sign. And I said, nah. no way. All of a sudden, I went from happy client to prospect for someone else. Mm-hmm. And literally, one of the first guys who stumbled across my door and said, you want a new accountant? I said, can you do this kind of work? <laughs> and he got a client like that. Sure. Uh, you know, in our industry, communication obviously is is just crucial in communication about insurance, communication about, um, you know, just the, the state of affairs in the insurance industry. And obviously the communication was not very good to you. I told you about, the, uh, about the, the farmer's cancellation. Right. And when I called my farmer's agent at the time, who was actually my very first client in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. he said to me, I don't know anything about that. Let me fax me a copy of that letter. Yeah, isn't that terrible? I mean, we the insurance company didn't even inform the agent in advance, and I get the letter first. And that's a little bit of problem with the, the captives is that they really don't have any control over the communication coming from their insurance carriers. As the independent agents, we you know we we are controllers of the client. Uh, our client is our client, not the insurance carrier. We are their client, so they're careful about communicating with our clients without coming to us. We don't like those surprises. Uh, we would want that notice first to be able to call and talk with you and let you know that we have an alternative in place and, and just kind of explain how to navigate from that point. Um, and the captives, they, they, don't, they don't have that luxury. Yeah, no one likes an a, a unpleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Even the pleasant surprises are, are, are unnerving. That's correct. Yeah, um, we got a, a check in the mail the other day from... Uh, the, work, the Bureau of Workers' Comp stating that we had overpaid our workers' comp. But we paid exactly what they, they billed us. They just sent us a check saying, so, overage. So whoever your TPA is should have called and explained that everybody got a rebate check from the Bureau of Workers' Comp. Um, you know, in, in in the insurance world, they set reserves based on what they think they're going to pay in claims. And if they don't have as much going out as coming in, then they sometimes will rebate that money back. And the Bureau felt that they had an excess surplus and could rebate everybody some money back. And it's not the first time that the Bureau has done that in Ohio. Um, so it wasn't specifically related to your bill and how much you paid. Well, we we were surprised, and we nev- we've never heard from RTPA a third-party administrator up to the state, so I don't know. Uh, again, uh, Jeff has agreed to take calls, so we'll be taking another break in a minute or two. Uh, the number is 646-595-4916. Jeff, over at Landmark, do you have a long-term strategic planning process? 
Uh, Our planning process is probably five years out. Um, We set our our goals and where we want to be in five years, and then we we structure it back as to what we need to do each year for the next five years in order to attain our five-year growth goals, uh, where we want to be. The insurance world is an ever-changing world, so we we, we constantly – um, meet. Um, Maureen and I constantly look at the marketplace and try to determine where we're going and how we're going to get there. Um, if you don't have a plan as to where you're going, it's going to be tough to get there, as you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so do we have specific things? We do have some specific items. We do a business plan every two years. We do a PowerPoint for all the employees every two years to try to give them some direction as to where we're going and, and how we plan on getting there. But there's always things that get thrown into it, such as Obamacare. And now you're like, I'm not quite sure where we're going in the health insurance industry and where insurance agents are going to fit in. Well, we, we have a, a, a strategy when we work with our clients on strategic plans that and this is really since 2008. Strategic plan means two years in duration, and it means that we will all be committed to update the plan every six months, throw away the last six months based on what's happened and what we now know. We add six months to the far end of the plan to make the business plan work better. That kind of tracks with how we do it every two years. We sit down with that business plan, but I do love the idea of scrapping the plan every six months and adding on another six months, and it has a a perpetual motion to it to continue to upgrade it and update it and keep it current. Well, business t- tends to be moving too fast. Mm-hmm. I think businesses are it's getting harder, not easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are more options, whether uh, it's government-imposed uh, regulation or it's regulations that are removed, or it's uh, a new competitor raises his head on the horizon that wasn't there before, or in our marketplace, you're going to be fast enough to pick up the business when someone someone else falls up. Exactly. So I, I think we have to be quicker, harder, and faster uh, to thrive in this marketplace. You know, the uh, the world of technology has created so much on-demand um, you think of the days where the fastest way you could get something to someone was overnight. Mm-hmm. I'll overnight it to you, and hopefully the carrier isn't closed now. Well, my I companies hated me for that. I was the Federal Express king. I'll bet you were. <laughs> um, I think I'll get Federal Express that to you. But today it's it's all about instant gratification, and it's all about you know getting that answer right now and being able to deliver on demand. Um, and you you see it in in just about every industry where they're trying to deal with twenty four seven on demand, and it it is definitely changing the scope of how we do business and how we can handle our clients. Mm-hmm. We've actually had some companies that uh, take salespeople that were the second stringers, and they put them on second shift. Interesting, because they want to be able to handle inbound sales calls mm-hmm. at seven eight p.m. The difficulty for us is that there are very few phone calls that come in after 5 or 5.30, and to try to staff for something like that would be very difficult. Well, your target market is geographically Cincinnati Metro? Uh, We are licensed in 32 states, and so we we do try to be a footprint for our clients. So as our clients continue to grow in other states, we have the ability to handle that. Mm -hmm. It's it's not as difficult. It's just a a, more of a function of cost to operate in, in the other states as well. Um, but we we have we do have a call center 24-7 that people can call in 24-7 to our office and talk to a live person. 
Okay, we're going to take that commercial break now. If you want to ask Jeff a question, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to a couple of Sandler commercials. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house, Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This message is short and to the point. In business, you don't get paid for what you know. You get paid for what you sell. Yet many salespeople leave their skills to chance. They often think, let me think it over. They write proposals that go nowhere. They lower their price to get the order. They wind up chasing prospects through the voicemail maze. It doesn't have to be that way. The best salespeople were not born great. They learned it. I'm Mike Roth of Roth & Associates. We're famous for our expensive, difficult sales training. We're not for everyone. We build the best sales prospectors and sales negotiators on the planet. Are you in sales? Are you ready to get deadly serious about your career that feeds your family? Are you ready to make a change? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523. Sandler's most experienced trainer in Cincinnati. 646-6523. This is Mike Roth, back with Jeff Betts from Landmark Insurance. Thank you, Mike. Jeff, uh, what do you think people should be looking for in an insurance agent today? They need to look for a a business partner, someone that they trust as they do their accountant or their lawyer. They need to find someone that they feel confident can understand their business, that can understand them personally, and has their needs at heart when going to bat for them, uh, either in the purchase of insurance or in the you know navigating a claim or a claim issue that they have. Hmm. Uh, Jeff, what are you doing on the internet now? We have a lot of information available on the internet. It, it is an interactive website, so there are a lot of questions and answers that people can find on there. It is an informative website, among most things. All of our clients can go out there. They can quote health insurance. They can request certificates of insurance. They can request auto ID cards. Uh, There's a link to be able to quote health care. So if an individual is looking for some temporary health care or some individual health care, they can actually have it rated right on it. We don't drive a lot of sales through our site. Again, we're trying to really drive more of a relationship than we are somebody who is looking for the lowest cost insurance. We are not about low cost. We're about a value for what you purchase. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I were to search insurance uh, Cincinnati on Google, uh, would you show up on the first page? um, That's a good question. I know that if uh, I would think we would we would 
be somewhere on the first two two pages. Um, you know, again, we don't we don't drive a lot through our insurance website. We do have an outside vendor that monitors that and watches that and. Try have to, a search engine that's optimization. That's correct. That's correct. And so, who are you using? Um, we we purchase our entire website through a company called Insweb, who is now called Brightfire, and they specialize in insurance and in the optimization piece of it. Um, so I, I probably don't watch that as close as I should watch that. Mm. It's one of those. I'm going to call it a black art. Uh, uh, there are some businesses that do a lot of work with that and, you know, spend $25,000 a month on search optimization and bring back $80,000 a month in revenue. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. Uh, I guess that if you spend $25,000 a month, Jeff, you won't bring back all $25,000. I promise you that's the case. But you never can tell. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think I think people, I think there is a large uh Population out there, or a sector, if you will, of younger people that like to buy on the internet and buy their uh, insurance and things, um, buy retail items through the internet. But when it comes to insurance, I think people will go to the internet and do their research on it. But I think ultimately they want to talk to someone about it. They want to understand it and they want to make sure that they're buying the right thing. Um, there's never a problem until money is involved. And that's when they I certainly bought some of the wrong things on the internet. Sure, um, you know, and there there are no free lunches out there. Through life, you start to learn. If you buy something based on just strictly price, it, it probably wasn't the smartest decision you ever made. But there are times when that's all you can do, and there are companies out there um, that we know that we see on TV every day, and that's what they're selling is strictly price, and that's what you get. Mm, may not be the right decision. It may not be, but in some cases it may be what you have to do for the time that that you're, you know, researching that, and that's all that you have to offer. Mm-hmm. We have a theory of operation here, Jeff, that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to have an equally complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you've run into in the insurance industry uh, and the equally complex solution that you use to solve it that might be applicable to someone else in another business? That's a uh, that's an interesting question. Usually when the problem hits my desk, it's, uh, it's definitely a complex problem and requires a complex solution. Generally, um, claims are probably our, our largest issue and dealing with the insurance carriers who have either denied a claim um, or have uh, someone's not happy about the amount of money that they're getting. And we really we, we try to break down those complex issues into baskets and, and make it smaller problems rather than trying to deal with it from a, a complexity standpoint. You know, we've had situations where you know, people have been declined coverage uh, on on their on their roofs and said that they have you know hail damage, and the insurance company comes in and says, no, it wasn't hail damage, and the roofer saying, yes, it was, and you know we deal with those situations. I've heard of those a lot. We, we deal with those situations. How do you handle something for like our that? clients? 
um, you know, we have people from any agency level that we trust that we will send out separately from the insurance company to get a third party's opinion who, quote unquote, don't really have any skin in the game. And, you know, our, our job is not necessarily to prove the company wrong. Um, you know, our job is to be an advocate for our client and make sure what the insurance carrier is saying is, is correct. And if it is correct, then we need to explain it to our client. You might guys like employ a home inspector to go out there and inspect the roof. We do have connection with home inspectors. We more so we have uh, relationships with contractors that do roofing that you know we can refer out there to go out there and inspect the roof. You know there have been some roofing companies. Um, we won't need to go necessarily go into any name, no names. No names, please. Yes. We've had some roofing companies out there who have had reputation of pushing people into turning in roofing claims and have ball peen hammers and things of that nature. And you know what? We want what's right for our insured, and we want we want to make sure that if a claim is paid, that it's paid fairly and quickly, and that our client is, is taken care of. Um, you know, we have situations where people can't get insurance and our job is to help them get insurance when, you know, they've had two or three claims or, you know, they've had some driving activity and, you know, they're, they need help. And that's really what we're all about is just trying to help them find a solution for a complex problem that they might have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when we talk about insurance, uh, many people think of their cars. Uh, is there a tip that you could uh, give our listeners about automobile insurance? Probably, um, you know, today the average person, if they looked at their insurance policy to try to determine how much insurance they're actually purchasing, um, I would say the average person out there probably has $100,000 of bodily injury per person, $300,000 for bodily injury in any one accident, and 50000 of coverage for whoever they might have hit and caused damage to their vehicles. When you think of $100,000 in the medical industry today, that doesn't cover very much. The difference in the cost to go from 100 300 to either 250 500 or even higher limits is surprisingly low. Uh, the majority of claims will be handled within that $100,000 limit, but there is always the possibility of causing someone more damage than $100,000. There was a, a recently one of my friends who is a CFO was on a jury trial, and a gentleman who was an avid bicyclist came out into the road, and the driver behind him moved over a little bit to the left. There was no cars that were coming to give that r- more room, that bicyclist. And someone pulled out of a side street. He had to cut back, and he clipped that bicyclist's tail. Uh, he fell down, he hit his head, he had no helmet on, and ultimately was, was awarded over $3.2 million in that accident. Wow. If if you bought a policy with a 100000 limit, then you are a little bit on the uninsured side of things, and there is nothing to keep them from coming after you personally. So buy enough insurance to cover what assets you own. That's why you buy insurance, and that, that probably would be... My my biggest suggestion would be to make sure that you've talked to your agent about your limits. If they have not offered you higher limits, I would ask them, what is the cost to go to the next level? Is that the situation where you need that, 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 that overriding policy? The umbrella. Umbrella. I, that, we, that's the word. We recommend. Thank you. I should hire you in insurance. Um, we recommend a you can personal, just hire us in sales training. There you go. <laughs> we we recommend a personal umbrella to all of our clients. It is 
you have to buy a high enough primary policy in order to get the umbrella. Mm-hmm. So if you carried 100, 300 limits, you may need to bump those to 250, 500, and then purchase a 1 million umbrella. The umbrella policies are going to be less than $200 a year. And when you think of the value that you get for a couple hundred dollars a year, it really is uh, its money well spent. And at the end of the day, it's sleep insurance. It's what allows you to put your head on the pillow at night knowing that you've got the protection that you need. This is what we call peace of mind. Peace of mind. Uh, most lawyers would tell you that there are very few claims that they can't settle if you have a $1 million umbrella. And when people do settle those types of claims, they do sign a waiver that they won't come after you personally. So it does protect your assets. That's good. Again, Jeff has agreed to take questions. If you have a question for Jeff, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to a San LaRule. Let's listen to San LaRule number two. Hi, I'm Carl Graff with Sailor Training, and I'm here to talk about Sailor Rule Number Two: Don't spill your candy in the lobby. So, what does a spilled box of candy got to do with the sales call? Everything. When you go on a sales call, you take your box of candy. Your box of candy is your knowledge, your expertise. And salespeople are so anxious to open and spill their candy. When a prospect shares a concern that might be able to be addressed by your product and services, the salesperson launches into presentation mode, highlighting their features and benefits, they might throw in a third-party testimonial or two for good measure, candy, candy, and more candy. While there's time to share your candy, of course, it's during the formal presentation, demonstration, process review. And that's only if you and the prospect together have truly understand the issues they're trying to resolve. In the initial phase of the sales call, leave the candy in the box. Your task is to fully understand the prospect situation. You have to make sure that you uncover the prospect's issues before you make your presentation. During the initial phase of the sales call, the candy must remain in the box. Your task is to uncover the prospect's uh, issues. Your task is to ask questions to uncover the problems that need to be addressed or the goals that need to be achieved. Your task is to truly identify if your products and services will truly address and help the prospect. Your task is to leave the candy in the box. If you're routinely dropping off material, information, marketing material without truly understanding the prospect's buying motives, then you're creating the habit of spilling your candy in the lobby. Ask yourself this question. If they, if they have your information, if they have your pricing, do they really ever need to talk to you again? Ask yourself, would they ever take your information and shop your competitors? Get enough facts to fully understand the opportunity. And if you get far enough through the development cycle to make a presentation, then open your box of candy. Yes, you should and can help the prospect. But the best way to help them early on in the process is to ask them questions, talk as little as possible, and get them to talk as much as possible. Your task is to gather the information, not dispense it, and save the box of candy for later. This is Mike Roth and Jeff Betts. Uh, Jeff, why don't you tell our listeners how they can 
get a hold of you at Landmark after the show? Well, a couple of different ways. One, they can look on the uh, website and look up Landmark Insurance, uh, www.landmarkinsurance.com. All of our contact information is there, or they're welcome to call us at the office at area code 513-947-8500. And uh, we, we have... We have a receptionist who answers the phone during business hours of 8 to 4.30. Generally, someone's there until 5 or 5.30, but you always talk to a live person. That's an important part. Always talk to a live person during business hours. Everyone, uh, you know, everybody today, you know, going through all the different prompts, press 1 for this, press 2 for this, press 3 for this. I mean, there's no doubt that it's between 45 and 50 seconds for you to actually connect to hopefully someone that is at their desk and answering it, and it is it is truly a frustration. We are a service business, so we want you to be able to talk to someone. There's always someone at the office that you can talk to who can either help with your problem or direct you to someone that can. Um, we return all of our phone calls same day, and we we are a we are a urgent service delivery service to our clients. That's important. We have a sense of urgency. We uh, we, we train a lot of. Uh, telemarketers here and one of the things that we've noticed over over time is that the average time from first ring to getting a real person on the phone can be up to two and a half minutes that's crazy yeah it's crazy i mean especially with dead phone time and listening to prompts and doing things um but you know if you have to call the government i think that 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 tends to be a little bit longer than even two and a half minutes yeah, yeah, or, or call Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. I have. <laughs> it's never doing a half minutes. Oh, I know it. Uh, have you ever had the opportunity when it, you decide, you know what, I've had enough, and you press zero, mm-hmm. and then you hear goodbye? <laughs> oh, my Lord, that just sends me through the roof. Yeah, we we have one computer vendor. I have to say something good about uh, Front Range and, and Goldmine Support. Uh, you call in, you go through the phone tree, you put in your contract number, but nine out of ten times after you put your contract number in, you're talking to a real tech. That's great. And within five minutes, they tell you what to do to solve the problem, and on with my day. So it's for them, it's uh, uh, well worthwhile for, for me to buy the insurance money to keep the licenses up to date. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Jeff. You've been a leader of your own company now for 15 years and a leader in other companies. Perhaps you could give our listeners a leadership tip. Um, I had that question here, and I I actually wrote down three leadership tips, if you don't mind. Well, that's fantastic. We need more leadership tips. We actually cut this part of the show out for the first year and created an episode of leadership tips. Okay. And we're going to put that back on the air again. I think that's great. You know, I, I think one leadership tip that I would have is to always have a, a positive attitude. I think people love to be around people who are positive. I think that your your positive attitude stems in a from a confidence standpoint as well. And so I think that's from a leadership standpoint to always portray uh, having a positive attitude is important. I think that always looking for ways to improve yourself, go through the Sandler training, understand what they do. Um, is always a, a great way to improve um, yourself and, and always look for ways to be a better person and, and understand more, be a great listener, um, and surround yourself with successful people. Surround yourself with 
people that can help you in areas where you are not so strong. Um, and don't be afraid to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you are. <laughs> so those would be my tips for the for success. I think that's one of the smarter ones. Uh, uh, when we actually did the compilation, we scorecarded how many guests had leadership tips were that were virtually identical. Mm-hmm. You know, always surround yourself with people that are smarter than you than yourself. That, that's come up more than a few times. Oh, I'm that, sure. That, that's a smart one. I mean, understanding your weaknesses, I think, is really as important as a leader and, and making sure that you have people surrounding you to support those weaknesses. Um, you can't be an expert at everything. Good. And, and if anyone's listening to the show and knows a leader that would be a good guest on Cincinnati Business Talk, you can send me an email with their name, Mike Roth at rothconsulting.net, because we are looking for guests for the full uh, season of the show. Uh, Jeff, let me ask you a couple of other questions here. Uh, how do you compare yourself to other high-performing uh, insurance agencies? We have um, periodicals that are put out that put benchmarking out for different insurance uh, practices. Um, and so what we, we constantly monitor, monitor those uh, mergers and acquisitions put out things to make sure that if you're interested in a merger and acquisition that you have positioned yourself in a, in a place that the numbers look good to someone. Uh, so we, we constantly fight that battle and we constantly monitor those ratios to make sure that we are in line with industry averages and best practices. We try to strive ourselves to do, be in the top 25% of those best practices and sometimes we hit them and sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. What areas are you really good at, and, and which areas do you think you, your agency needs to work on? Um, I, I think we're really good at relationships with our clients and keeping our clients educated. I think we're very good at insurance, and where we lack is probably more in the sales aspect of it. Um, it it's just very difficult to take the time and to manage the sales portion of it. You're so concerned about keeping the clients that you have and servicing the clients that you have that the one thing that always suffers is that sales aspect of it. But if you're not growing, you're going backwards in our industry just due to the attrition. Mm -hmm. That's probably the place that we lack the most of and that we put the least amount of investment into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we have some solutions for that. I think so. Including a, a sales manager du jour program. Uh, did I lead you right into that, or did you lead me into that? You said it first. Okay. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even planning to talk about that. Frankly, I I only take three customers through clients at a time in that program because it it's a consuming program. We have one now, and you know I can add more or not. Sure. It doesn't matter. It's a it, it's an adjunct uh, part of our business. Uh, that, that originally got started as an accommodation for for a client about ten years ago. Oh wow! And uh, we've continued. Very innovative. Well, he didn't have. Yeah. He, the company owner was the sales manager, and he couldn't wear all the hats, and he had to worry about production. And for a few more bucks a month, he said, "I can get that this problem of hiring and firing people off my hands and hand it to you, Mike." I said, "Yep." But we're going to actually hold your people's feet accountable, accountable. to the Sandler system, attitude behavior journal, cookbooks, daily behavior. Uh, and if they don't measure up, you got to give me the authority to send them out. And uh, the guy agreed, and that's how the program got started. Wow. That, that 
I mean, that really is exciting because that's probably one of the toughest parts of an entrepreneur is dealing with those kind of issues. And, uh, you know, from a sales standpoint, it's always been in my blood and in my makeup. But being a salesperson and being a sales manager, as you know, are two completely different things. Yeah, one of the leadership tips uh, we've heard is hire slowly and fire quickly. If you're emotionally involved, it's difficult to fire quickly. But the uh, the single biggest sales management issue is always hiring the correct salespeople. Uh, you interview a guy or a lady that sounds like Tom Cruise, and first day on the job or first week, you you wind up with Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found that managers keep the Pee Wee Hermans around way too long. It's it's better to shoot the gun earlier, move them out the door, than accept the less than stellar performance. I think you bring up a good point as far as accountability and in our industry, um, it's becoming more and more where people are held accountable from a sales standpoint and, uh, it's long past due in our industry. Mm-hmm. You have a plan and you got to take the people, uh, accountable to the plan. That's correct. On a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Do you have a turnover in your sales team now? Uh, we do not. We have had very good luck with the salespeople that we have. Uh, we've never really had a salesperson come in who has left in our 15 years. I was the only salesperson for the first six or seven years, mm-hmm. and then we acquired a couple of different agencies for people that didn't have perpetuation, and uh, they finally have retired, and and we're you know getting through that debt from having the acquisitions, and the other salespeople that have joined us have stayed with us. Uh, so we we do not have a turnover problem. Should I have had a turnover problem? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, what real changes must you implement to ensure your long-term success? Um, you know, I don't know that we need to change a lot. I think that we need to, you know, pay attention and listen to our clients and our clients' needs. We like to be a one-stop shop for our clients so they feel comfortable that they have one person to call for all of their needs. Um, I, I think this is an ever-changing world. I think people are always going to need insurance, and I think it is um, important for us to continue to educate the public about insurance and help them understand what is going on in the insurance marketplace. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you tell us what are the top three things your people would say are true about your sales culture and your organization? Uh, Our sales our sales culture is more defined um, by a, the education piece uh, for our clients. I, we really we 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 do not sell insurance. We partner with our clients in the insurance buying process. We educate our clients. We tell them things that are covered and things that aren't covered. So it, it really the sales culture and our thing is that the client comes first and commission comes second. So we we try to match up our client with the carrier that we feel is going to be the best for them, and we service the heck out of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you examine the components for growth, typically typically they, in a sales-efficient company, they center on three things, strategy, people, and process. Uh, Can you talk for a moment about each one of those three in your organization, strategy, people, and process? The strategy that we have is we have a goal to grow a million dollars of new business every year, and we we back into how do we get to those numbers, who has to participate in what, and everybody's held accountable. We have sales meeting on a monthly basis, um, holding people accountable, 
how many calls do we have to make to set 10 appointments to write two accounts? So, you know, our strategy from that standpoint, um, from a sales prospect standpoint, it is to make people accountable. The people aspect of it is to take care of our staff. Um, you know, we have a wonderful staff. We encourage continuing education with our staff. We pay our people well. Um, you know, we, we try not to be managers of our staff. We try to let, allow the employees to manage themselves and, and we feel the flexibility and things that we give to them allow them to have the freedom to have not, you know, a healthy life, a personal life as well as a work life. And we think that it's important to have that balance, to have that balance for wellness as well. And what was the third one, Mike? Process. Um, you know, our, our process, we, we continually evaluate the service that we provide to our customers in the process of getting things from A to B to C to D uh, through our office and through our um, processes to the insurance company. Um, Maureen in our office is in charge of all the operations. She is heavily involved in our users groups with applied systems. She um, was a chair for two years into applied systems, and so we constantly monitor, monitor the uh, the process. And, you know, at the end of the day, our ability to service our clients on an on-demand basis is the most important thing to us, and being available when our clients need us, I think, is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last question is, what motivates Jeff Betts to make tough decisions? I'm not very good at making the tough decisions. If I have a weakness, it is making the tough decisions. And, um, you know, we, 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 we probably give people, um, enough rope to hang themselves. And at the end of the day, if it's a tough decision has to be made, it's not a surprise to the person that it's happening to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or the insurance carrier that we've parted ways with because we don't like the way that they handle claims. Um, but, I, I do surround my people with with other people that can make some of those tough decisions a little easier for me. Okay, so you're right. surrounding yourself with good people. That's correct. That, that's a great way to handle it. Uh, Jeff, I'm giving you a copy of uh, one of the Sandler books. This is the 49 Sandler Rules book. Uh, in there you'll find a million dollars and uh, a copy of our training calendar and a free training pass. Uh, I'd like you to be our guest at one of our upcoming uh, classes. And uh, I want to thank you uh, sincerely for being a guest on the show. I think you provided some really good information for our listeners. Thank you, Mike. I know insurance is kind of a boring thing, but, you know, hopefully we, we shed it a little bit of light and people can understand it a little bit better. And am I allowed to use this million dollars you gave me as part of my cost for my training? Sure. To pay for it? Each Lifetime President's Club costs $15 million. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me on the show. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks for being part of the show. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.